Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. It was qualifying day at Formula One's inaugural Tuscan Grand Prix today, where Lewis Hamilton turned around Valtteri Bottas' practice pace advantage to claim pole position at Mugello. Max Verstappen came third, back to his usual position behind Mercedes after Red Bull's Monza disappointment, but Italian Grand Prix winner Pierre Gasly was brought back down to earth with a bump as he was knocked out in Q1 for Alfa Tauri. Joining me to discuss all of that is Motorsport.com's F1 editor, Jonathan Noble. And John, we're again attempting to record our latest bite-sized podcast hands-free as we drive back to our accommodation, as we drive back to our accommodation close to the track in a village near Borgo San Lorenzo, which means you're driving and hopefully doing a better job than I did uh, as we exited last night in what was rather a a scatterbrained uh, drive back from the track. Yeah, I was quite impressed actually for, um, you know, usually you can expect one or two driving errors I'd say the three or four hours of driving, but the fact that you uh, started it with a, a gear in and it lurched forwards, uh, and then immediately left the car park uh, with the handbrake on, with uh, warning signals beeping, was quite an impressive feat, Alex. Uh, well, yes, I'll blame the uh, the numbers and all the mind-numbing data crunching that I had to do to get the Friday practice feature together. But as you say, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty shocking for me. But nevertheless, I think I did a I did a, a fine job driving us down from Milan. So uh, you know, I was obviously I was obviously due a run of bad fortune when it came to driving. But anyway digressing being ridiculous let's get back to what really matters on this podcast which is Tuscan Grand Prix qualifying like I said Lewis Hamilton beating Valtteri Bottas and what was really interesting was that this had the hallmarks of a weekend it was a bit it reminded me a bit like the British Grand Prix really where Valtteri Bottas was on top sort of throughout practice and coming into qualifying then it came to Q2 and Hamilton just seemed to be able to just find that little bit extra and he was obviously he obviously had to work quite hard overnight uh, after Friday practice to sort of find where the limit was around Mugello and I think Mercedes sort of suggested that you know 
whatever we'd seen in Friday practice still wasn't what anybody was capable of because the track is so new to so many drivers and I think Hamilton was just sort of was explaining that and just sort of saying you know look he really was feeling the pressure when it came to that because Bottas seemed to have an advantage Um, so what did you make of Lewis Hamilton's lap John? You never underestimate Lewis Hamilton I mean he was admitted yes he was struggling in sector one which is actually the, the trickier section here because we've got this fantastic Arabiata 1 and 2 section which everyone's raving about. Drivers love it, we love it, but it's easy flat, especially in the Mercedes. But the first section with the braking for Turn 1 and then picking those lines, those two quick chicanes, uh, Lewis hadn't quite nailed it yesterday, but it worked overnight, pulled off this lap, and we're talking small margins, um, but I think what would have been really interesting to see would be if Valtteri had completed that final lap in Q3 um, the pair of them were out pushing quite hard. Valtteri felt there was more from him, but it was all wrecked by um, Esteban Ocon spinning and bringing out the yellow flags and ultimately meant there was nothing that Valtteri could do to respond. Yes, coming on to Bottas, as you say, John, he was undone by the Esteban Ocon spin. Ocon was sort of a, a victim. It was a bit like what happened to Lando Norris in FP2 in that it's the slightest of errors at the at Mugello track will push you wide and you'll put a wheel into the gravel or onto the grass or something and it can have disastrous consequences and that's what happened to Ocon it was only run in Q3 he spun off uh, got a bit beached I think he did get going again eventually but it was enough to bring out a double wave yellow flag so most of the drivers well all the drivers running behind that incident had to back off and that included Bossas uh, which meant most of the drivers didn't get a chance to uh, improve on their second Q3 laps although a couple did uh, Hamilton was able to complete his lap but didn't go any faster Max Verstappen did go faster stayed third and Charles Leclerc Uh, took fifth for Ferrari perhaps a touch fortunate as we'll come on to discuss uh, that others couldn't improve because of those yellow flags Uh, also Sergio Perez uh, only did one one run in Q3 he sort of ran in the gap between the uh, the two runs that the majority were doing and took a fine uh, a fine sixth for racing point although you know being beaten by the Ferrari probably actually a bit of a surprise but I think it's fine because uh, he, he's, uh, he's going up against Lance Stroll who's got a, an updated car um, but yeah back to Bottas it's just another another disappointment when he can't afford to give away anything to Hamilton but it's interesting to hear what he was saying about the start tomorrow because if uh, if the conditions are the same and there's a headwind into turn one uh, that will mean that the toe is, is quite a, has quite a potent effect where it didn't in Belgium um, so you've got to be thinking John that once again we, we're looking to Bottas to make an early move on Hamilton to set up an exciting race at the front potentially well, it may, it may not even need an early move. Um, I mean, it's fairly clear in both Spa and Monza that he needed needed to get ahead because overtaking at both those places can be quite tricky. Um, but it's quite intriguing here. We came into this weekend, um, everyone was in fairly in agreement that it was going to be spectacular to see the cars here. Um, very high speed, very old school. Um, great to watch, great to drive, but the racing was going to be terrible. Um, too narrow in sections, not, not very many... Um, heavy braking zones that are traditional but this morning well both today's races actually have changed that f3 this morning was a blinder um really lots of lots of overtaking drs was very powerful which bodes well and the f2 this afternoon good some good overtaking what we're seeing is drivers able to use different lines so you can run wide you can run narrow you can you know stay out of the the dirty air so to speak so i sense there is potential for a good race so if you get a bit of tight bit of tire degradation um if we find the cars can get close to each other in those that final sequence of corners before the start finish straight, we could have a blinder tomorrow. Well, you're, you're more optimistic than I am. I, I take your point about F3, certainly. Uh, I'm afraid I actually had too much work to do. Didn't have, uh, didn't, didn't get a chance to watch as much of the F2 race as I would have liked. But, um, but it's, just, it's more the fact that 
the F1 cars are so got so much more downforce. It's so more difficult for them to to follow closely, particularly through that that long left hand final corner. That I don't know. You just you just get a sense. Will they be able to to get close enough? And um, uh, according to, um, to to the Williams head of uh, trackside uh, engineering, Dave Robson. Uh, basically, the 800-meter DRS zone is very, very long, but apparently that's actually the, the same length it is at Barcelona, which is a place that really doesn't see very much overtaking. So, as you say, yeah, there are there are some some, some different lines the drivers can take, particularly through that turn one. But yeah, it's still, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I want to see a good race. I really, really do want to see a good race. But I just uh, just uh, have my suspicions that that perhaps we won't. But uh, it remains to be seen tomorrow. Well, let's come on to Max Verstappen. He seemed quite upbeat after qualifying. I thought. Um, understandably so he was uh was only 0.365 off pole which is still a good chunk but you know it's not the the second advantage that mercedes had uh, have had at, at previous races this year yeah much better weekend i mean monza red bull looked red bull looked lost with both max and alex um pace was never there never looked comfortable never happy at any point couldn't make an impression in the race and then ended in retirement for max and alex was back after a first lap um clash ironically with pierre gasly went on to win um, but they've hit the ground running here. Much better balance, much more comfortable. Um, I think Max's cheeky laps he had on a GT car recently when he did a track day here just helped him um, step up a bit, really. He said today that you know, a lot of drivers had done the simulator here, but actually he felt better to come here, see the car for itself, understand you know, the curves better, the track surface better, the racing lines and experiment. So um, he's much more comfortable. And I think you know, tomorrow's going to be the key thing to look for tomorrow is which direction that wind is going to go into turn one because if it's a tailwind the DRS won't be as powerful um, and that could limit overtaking but if we get a headwind with the you know, size of these cars and how much drag they're putting on especially if teams appear to have gone with higher downforce now this weekend rather than taking it off um, you know it could be could be very interesting if that gain on the start finish straight is quite high absolutely well you mentioned that GT outing that Verstappen had because Obviously, F1's going to end up with quite a few new venues uh, this year. Ordinarily, though, if there were, say, one or two new tracks coming on, it'd be quite difficult for a driver to come down and have a practice in a, in a GT car just because ordinarily they'd be, they'd be travelling so much. So, so yeah, I guess the, the gaps in the calendar just uh, just worked out for Verstappen. And I suppose not actually a million miles from Monaco to, to travel down to Tuscany and have a, have a bit of a practice. Yeah, I'd certainly like to um, have an apartment in Monaco and the option to drive a couple of hours, do, do a day in a... GT car at Mugello and then go home again. Um, definitely. Sorry. Yeah, it was, it was a fun day out at the very least. Uh, makes change from all the all the all the being on the boats and, and whatever you get up to in Monaco. I mean, I'll admit my only visit to Monaco didn't involve any boats whatsoever. But, uh, but anyway, that's just uh, something I have to have to learn to live with and hopefully put right in the future. Although it doesn't really matter. Let's face it. Well, let's come on to the other Red Bull driver, Alex Albon, fourth place, um, which is the first time he's been that high on the grid since the season opener. Um, which is both good and damning of his season, let's face it, because the second Red Bull should be fourth or third or better. Like this, the second best car on the grid. Um, but nevertheless, at least the uh, you know he did it this time and and should be should be praised for that. So, what did you make of of Albon's performance today, John? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a sign of progress. I think his his year has been a, a slow burner in some respects. Um, started off well in Austria, uh, could have won it were it not for that incident with Lewis. He was on the right tyres at the right time very close behind the two Mercs and it was game on for the win um, which would have transformed perceptions of him but didn't happen then he's had some struggles some difficulties came here with a lot of pressure because of Gasly's win um, you know it's not easy to put someone like that to the back of your mind when you're um, you know a lot of the press are suggesting that maybe they should do a swap but Red Bull have kept the faith 
um, they believe in him still so I think it was the perfect time to deliver the performance that he should but I think you are absolutely right this is where he should be qualifying this is the almost minimum expected by Red Bull uh, so now it's about moving forwards and um, actually trying to out-qualify Max it's interesting you say that there's been suggestions that they should have swapped Gasly and Albon because I think that would be, that would be a really silly thing to do. It doesn't actually help any driver, even even Gasly, if you were to take him out of the Alpha Tauri and put him back into the Red Bull, uh, you know, mid-season with, with no testing, with no preparation, with no chance to really go to the factories and, and get to know the cars. It's, it's just it's not a particularly sensible thing for a team to do. So I guess we're not surprised in the slightest that there hasn't been any, any movement at Red Bull and Alpha Tauri. I don't think it makes any sense at all. I think there'd be lunacy to you know unsettle both those drivers and put them into environments they're not comfortable with we know the rb16 is a tricky car um some of the reasons why alex has struggled this year aren't just down to him uh it's the aero balance of the car has been very difficult to get on top of um max has managed to get a grip on it but max has got a lot more experience um and gasly thrives in this um environment he's found at alfa tori um he's making the team around himself he's performing to his best so why risk upsetting that and rushing into a, a decision to put him in a potentially more difficult car back to the same pressures of being up against Max Verstappen where expectations could exceed what was real um, keep it as it is no reason to change absolutely well yes I think that's uh, that's fairly uh fairly well summed up we're pretty uh, pretty aligned on that let's face it um but yeah let's let's come on to Gasly because uh, as I said in that introduction brought down to earth with a bump out in Q1 team boss Franz Toss seemed to sort of suggest he had some understeer that he didn't cope with very well on his final final lap in Q1 but John you you attended the uh, the virtual media session uh, for Gasly in the in the in the hours after qualifying what did he have to say what was his explanation of, as to why he got uh, he got eliminated so early yeah it was a, a double factor really first of all um his state of charge battery basically ran out just before the line. Um, you know, there's a set amount of power these cars were allowed to burn up through a lap. Um, and unfortunately, uh, it ran out just before the line. He estimated it cost him a tenth. Uh, and considering he missed out on a spot in Q2 by 0.05, um, that was that was enough by itself. But equally, it went the wrong way on setup. So they made made a big change from P3. And you just said the car had less grip, didn't feel as comfortable. Um, when it should have actually felt better with less fuel on board. So at that time, he said, a bit of investigation going on to find out what it was, but deeply disappointing. But equally, I think it shows uh, you know, why F1 is such a brilliant sport, because uh, not very often someone can win a race one weekend and get booted out of Q1 the next. Indeed, also, I think it highlights what a good job he, he was doing throughout the season, because as, I, as, as I've long maintained, that Alpha Tauri car is not the regular Q3 contender that he was doing. I think that's really why he deserved praise for doing that. Uh, and yeah, and sadly, in, in my driver ratings post-weekend, I think I will have to bring him down a couple of marks for, for not getting through uh, Q1. But it was just, it was, as you say, fine margins. But still, Daniel Kvyat did very well to end up uh, end up in 12th in the other Alpha Tauri. So he will be getting the credit this time around. But it's interesting what you mentioned there about the state of charge in the battery because Max Verstappen said a similar thing at Spa, but then very quickly rode back on that. I was like, well, actually, you know, we've used it We've used it all in the lap, and it will have benefited me elsewhere. So you know, interesting to to, to see how much of an effect that 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 would have made, if that makes sense in terms of uh, in terms of Gasly. But um, we are fast approaching our uh, accommodation uh, uh, nearby, so we should need to move on to our final topic, which will be Ferrari. 
it's uh, it's another home race one week on very much a home race because actually owning the track um charles leclerc stunned let's face it by taking fifth as i said a bit fortunate uh, with the yellow flags meaning other people not improving sebastian vettel disappointing again down in p14 so a mixed result for ferrari but at least they can be happy with leclerc starting so high up yeah, after the well, what we can call I think a nightmare of Spa and Monza, where if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. You know, lacked competitiveness, lacked um, answers, lacked an understanding of why things weren't clicking. Um, where better to to have such a good result than here? I think Charles has been sensational this year. I think it'd been all too easy after the season he had last year to have found a difficult car this year let his chin drop think why am I wasting my time on this I need, just need to wait for things to get better but he hasn't at all he's had two two well earned podium finishes that go against the grain today again you know brilliant to get that car up there sure did benefit from the yellow flags because I think most of those drivers in behind him in Q3 reckon they would have gone quicker and pipped him but you can only perform with the, uh, the circumstances as they are basically so he's done a great job um, I think he'll struggle to hang on to that fifth place in the race tomorrow um, but if it proves to be a bit of a wild race like we saw in Formula 2 today safety cars and unpredictable strategies yeah like the Austria was when there's a little bit of chaos and Silverstone with the tyres and everything um, then it could be uh, you know a great opportunity again for Charles Absolutely, it's worth it's worth pointing out that you know, despite my pessimism of the of the boring race, you're completely right when it comes to safety cars. The slightest error, as I said, with Ocon with Norris yesterday, is going to be punished harshly, and these cars they're going to go off quite fast, quite far, and find themselves in gravel traps that they're not necessarily going to be able to get out of. So, safety cars and multiple safety cars are very real possibility for the Grand Prix. Well, John. We are very close to the uh, to the gravel. It's like a rocky gravel path that takes rally us up stage. to our. It is a rally stage, yeah, to, to take us up to our accommodation. So, which will end things here, and I'll let's see if I can get through my uh, my final trail run for the magazine uh, as we're bouncing over it when it when when it, when it comes to making that turning. But anyway, thank you very much uh, for joining me on this podcast, and thanks to everybody listening along. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out on Thursday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The fitting experts at Indochino empower you to become the designer and build your own custom wardrobe. They launched on the belief that the luxury experience of ordering custom clothing should be available to everyone. And now Indochino has expanded their offering to include the female form. In select cities, Indochino has introduced a new tailored experience for women so everybody can find their perfect fit in a made-to-measure suit, all for a surprisingly affordable price. Design the power suit of your dreams, from the fabric to the cut with a large assortment of customizable options. Your suit is made precisely to your measurements, so you can make your statement by fitting in while standing out. Be one of the first to get a made-to-measure garment at an off-the-rack price from Indochino. Learn more by visiting page.indochino.com slash womenswear to book your showroom appointment today. That's page.indochino.com slash womenswear. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.